and welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast for those who wish to live a gentler, kinder way of life. Oh, I am so delighted to have you here. This is season two of the podcast and I'll be interviewing some truly wonderful souls on their journey in self-kindness. But first, I'd better introduce myself. I'm Peter, a self-kindness and intuitive eating coach. I live in Cornwall and work with soulful nourishers all over the world with one-to-one and group coaching programs. I always have a cup of tea in my hand and a cat within stroking distance. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Just search at Nourishing Soulfully and visit nourishingsoulfully.co.uk for updates on new courses, workshops and one-to-one offerings. At the moment on the website, there's a brilliant five-day video course on creating balance in your life, which is free of charge and you can join the Nourishing Soulfully Club too to gain access to the library full of workshops, courses, ebooks, and audio meditations and breathing techniques. But that's enough about me for now. Let's delve into this week's episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. Before we do that, my lovelies, I have just got to apologise because a delivery person lets themselves into my house in the middle of this podcast and there was no way of editing it out without kind of making it a bit awkward. So I apologise in advance. Let's go. Delighted to welcome Kirsten Wilson of Hello Day Planners onto the podcast today. Kirsten knows the importance of the perfect planner and her goal is that your planner helps you to start each day with positivity and purpose and end each day with a sense of accomplishment and progress, which is all very, very nourishing soulfully. So I'm delighted to have you on the podcast, Kirsten. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> So could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I know that you've got a few fur babies too. And could you tell us about them as well? Yeah. So um, it's uh, me and my husband who live uh, in our house with our dog and cat. Um, I'm American and um, my husband is from here in the UK. Uh, We met in Spain um, back in 2006, a long time ago. Um, And we moved to the UK in 2014 um and we brought our dog with us so we got our dog um at a shelter in barcelona brought her over here with us and then we got our cat here um from it was i think they think he was in a box with his sister pretty much um showed up at a vet and then um the receptionist uh, wanted to keep him and then he wasn't getting on with the other cats and so she had to find a home for him and so we got him um and it's funny because originally his name was Oscar <laughs> but now we called him we've called him Barnaby and every time we kind of think back to it we're like no he's definitely a Barnaby um <laughs> and he's got a lot of character and Millington our dog from Spain she we've had her for so long um she's you know she's our complete baby um she is used to being an only child so she is not very happy that Barnaby is around even though they've been (laughs) together in the house for about six years but she still can't get over it um so yeah but yeah he's really he's um as some lady put it walking her dog the other day she said oh the white cat um and we're like, yeah, that's our white cat. And she's like, oh, he's really well known around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so um he makes everybody laugh out on the street like Aww. he thinks he owns the whole neighborhood so um yeah so we love our babies so much and oh, they're um, so funny aren't they yeah I mean I don't I don't know what house is like without pets <laughs> yeah same I, our cat Katie so um for anyone new to the podcast I have four cats and our cat Katie who is 16 still is very much like your dog just can't accept the arrival of Arthur cat who arrived seven years ago she's yeah. fine with his brother Albert who arrived five years ago she doesn't mind him but Arthur she's just still absolutely furious that he Aww. exists um and we've got a similar situation as well with Albert who does go out and about um he's gotten into the habit of letting our next door neighbor's cat out because he can open doors oh my um, gosh so unfortunately when she puts her cat in to keep her cat safe while she's doing bits and bobs and can't keep an eye on her cat because she's quite protective of her cat Albert will go and let the cat out <laughs> so funny is it? Like, are they friends like does he go over and it's like oh hey come on let's come like go out to yeah play. well they have a complete love-hate relationship sometimes they absolutely love each other and they're kind of really good friends and then other times like they have a bit of a bust up so um <laughs> I don't really know what's going on with him, but he's also got his favourite and best friend in the whole wide world is a magpie called Maggie. Oh, how cute. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, I mean, our cat has, I think pretty much his best friend is this black cat, the kind of similar thing where they're like friends and not friends sometimes. Yeah. But then otherwise, it's um, there's a fox in the neighbourhood with a limp. Oh. And they just kind of like hang out all the time. It's just so funny and then the fox will come to the front of our house but like they're just kind of friends and they hang I mean he doesn't stay out all night but they'll just yeah. um like in the evening times you know before we go to bed they hang out and sometimes he's out and we can't find him we'll have to call him and then they both come running together the fox <laughs> and Barnaby <laughs> it just they're so it's so interesting the little friends that they make isn't it like Albert's other friend is Steve the squirrel and I mean you just wouldn't <laughs> expect a cat to hang out with a magpie and a squirrel and it sounds like it's something out of a children's cartoon or a children's film it's so beautiful isn't it yes, so how it like how what what what's the relationship with the magpie um so Albert he whenever he hears Mag Maggie he has to go outside um and be with her and basically he will lie on his back rolling around she will chat to him he will chat back um and it's just yeah they chat together he has um a very old camping chair which is like falling apart but it's his favorite chair so we keep it outside for him yeah. and he sits on there and she sits on top of the chair and they just oh. chat all day and at first like we were really, really worried that, oh, hang on a moment, I've got somebody at my door. One moment. Sorry, goodness. Sorry about that. I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, the delivery person let herself in to my house when I didn't answer the knock at the door. <laughs> I was like, I, I know. She was in my house. <laughs> That's a bit scary. Yeah, welcome to rural Cornwall, <laughs> where if you don't answer a door, they would just let themselves in anyway. That's so funny. Um, Okie dokie, back to the podcast. So, um, I would love to hear the story of Hello Day Planner up to this point, Kirsten, because it's amazing. I've kind of been watching your growth over the years, and it's just incredible what you're doing. Oh, <laughs> thank you. 
Um, it's funny because as the person who's doing it, you know, you just, you never feel, you never feel like that. Well, and yeah. until you like remind yourself like, oh, you know, I've done okay. Um, and I think a lot of it too is with social media and it just makes everybody else think, oh my gosh, that, you know, they're doing a fabulous job and everyone's doing better than me type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, but it has been fun with, you know, people like you. And I feel like, I think we kind of, well, met, you know, e-met on, on Instagram. Um, I think in like the very, at the very beginning. Um, yeah. And so it's nice with like, it's really weird because even though we haven't met in person, it just feels like old friends. Mm. Um, so there's so many people that from the very first year who've like seen my journey, those people just become like, like family yeah. and a lot of, just comfortable, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, today was the first time we've ever seen each other on video and spoke yeah. to each other, but it felt like just like an old friend catching up type of thing. Oh, it did. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, IG was different, I think, back then. Um, and it was just so, it was, I think, a lot more friendly and it was like mm. new and everyone was excited to be on there. Um, and the friendships that were like, that came together and bonded, I just think it was like, it was really beautiful. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I couldn't have started without all the support of all, you know, the friends at the beginning because, um, you know, that that's what it's like on Instagram is like building your account. And, but then that gives you the confidence too, like, you know, oh, maybe someone will buy these products, you know, cause when you start a business, you're, you have an idea and you're so scared to do it. Cause you think, yeah. you know, who's, who's going to buy my products? Mm -hmm. Like, why would they buy mine? Um, and then it just kind of, you know, it just kind of works and you just keep going. Um, you know, when I started, like, I, if you were to ask me, be like, I don't know, maybe you have like a rough two years and then it's smooth sailing after that, yeah. but it's not. I mean, I, every year I think, well, next year will be a little bit smoother. Oh my goodness. But now I don't think that anymore. I'm like, I think every year is just going to get harder. <laughs> it's it's so difficult, isn't it, in business? Um, and I think we, really, hear so, really is. we hear so many like overnight success stories um whereas in actual fact like in real life and real business that so rarely happens yeah. and those overnight success stories you never hear about the years that led up to that idea and that yeah. kind of like wow that's the thing that really kind of made them soar and and got their product out there um and really brought the sales in we just kind of don't hear about that do we no no, and it's it's constant, it's constant effort. It's constant. Well, especially because um, Dave and I, my husband joined Hello Day with me, um, say a year ago, but gosh, mm. because of COVID, everything seems to blend together. It was a year and a half ago. It was, was it February of 2020. So yeah, I guess it's been, wow, that's been like a year and a half almost. Wow. Um, so because because we live and breathe everything together, home life, you know, everything, mm. work, you know, our social lives and everything. Um, it, we can't help but have it like on our minds all the time, um, you know, cause it's our livelihood really. Um, yeah. And it does matter to us and we want to make it good. And um, yeah, so 
so yeah, so back to the question, basically, I, I started it on my own. Um, I was going to start it with a friend, um, but she had so much going on as well. So then mm -hmm. you have that moment of like, oh, should I continue just doing it by myself? You know, what? Ooh, that's tricky. Yeah, you feel really vulnerable. You feel like, mm -hmm. no, I can't do it. You feel scared, you know, um, and shy about it. Um, but then I just did. And I'm really glad I did. Oh. Um, so I did that. And then, you know, as it got busier, Dave obviously had his full-time job, but then all we ever did in the evenings was just like, he would come home from work and then we would just work all like in the evenings together. So like yeah. I'd work by myself at home during the day, he would work at his job, then we'd work at night and we'd work on weekends. And it was just constant, constant, constant. Like yeah. that first, you know, I've never gave, given birth <laughs> to a baby, but, um, all my friends around me have had babies and I feel like, yes, I mean, someone, all the moms who hear this might say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. But honestly, that first winter, it was like, it was like having a newborn. I yeah. did not sleep that first winter because winter is our busiest period. Mm. And we also were doing, um, with all the work during the week and not getting sleep, then every single weekend we had like, we were doing markets and shows yeah. and basically putting our all into it because we didn't know at that time what worked and what didn't. Yeah. You know, we now know that I, I we don't go do markets anymore, Christmas markets. They just don't work for our brand at yeah. all. But I was like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. What's going to work? What's not going to work? Yeah. Um, and we just didn't, we just didn't sleep. Like I, I just didn't sleep. Uh, like I don't think I slept for like three months so mm. um it was really hard but you know and it's but it all becomes worth it you learn more about you know where the brand is going and you can always put a business plan together but my goodness it's always <laughs> gonna change like it's just always gonna change because you know life happens and everything's based on social media now too which changes yeah. all the time so you know your your company your business will just kind of evolve with the times. It really does. And I there's so much of an emphasis on putting business plans together. And whenever anyone mentions a business plan, I always just have a bit of a giggle because I'm like, you can you can plan it so well. But things come along, things happen. Like yeah. like 2020. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and there's no planning for that. There's no way of knowing what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, how it'll unfold. Um, and yet we can often, plans can help us if we're willing to be like really flexible and, and kind of have that almost as a goal and, and somewhere that we would like to get to and, and things that we would like to kind of tick off along the way. Brilliant. But yeah. if we, if the plan is kind of keeping us um, almost imprisoned in this specific plan and if things go off um course like no we've got to return to the plan that's when it can really negatively affect us both in business and personal life can't it yeah no you definitely have to be malleable and know that you know i i think i i totally agree with you and i i think um the way that we do it when we set goals and stuff is um you know and kind of how we saw the business at the start is you have to like put those things down if that's what helps you. So in my, in my mind, it kind of helps me just to have it down mm. and then it's okay if it sways in a different direction, but I've got it down and I kind of have like a little bit of a, right. I'm going to, I'm going to try and reach that and go here and go there. But 
oh, well, you know, this happened and that happened. Now we have to take a different turn. That's okay. I mean, when I first started too, there was a certain way that I was like, oh, these are kind of, these are the things I want to do with the business. And now it wouldn't even make any sense to do it that way. So, because also you go into it like completely blindfolded, like, well, I don't know, unless you've run the same type of business multiple times, because even if you have run a business, which we had started a business when we were living in Spain, Um, and it had only went for a year, it didn't go well, you know, but it was a completely different thing, completely, completely different. Um, and so, you know, a little bit, you're like, well, I need to start a website and this and that, but every business, every industry, everything you do has its challenges, has its kind of different paths. And I mean, I think month to month, we change our minds. We're like, nope, we're not going to do yeah. that. Let's do this instead. Um, you know, and it's, and it's you totally okay to change your mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I was going to say is like the healthy thing is to, if you're going to be someone to write those things down, you have to accept that those things might change. Yeah. But if you, like you said, you know, imprison yourself to those and then get upset because it doesn't work out that way, well, that you just can't do that yeah so yeah but um yeah so I mean it's our success you know everyone's like oh what's your idea of success well our success is that Dave and I have always wanted to just like be together all the time we're just that really silly couple like you know people are oh well aren't you tired of him you're working with him and I'm like (laughs) no like we are just that really random weird couple that we want to be together literally yeah. all the time. Like from wake up to go to sleep. Like mm. if he, I don't know, like if he has to go do something, I'm like, eh. like I get like separation. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so lovely. And I, it, I mean, well, some people might think it's lovely. Some people might think it's disgusting, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're just that. We're just those types of like, I'm not like that with anyone else, you know, like just, just each other. Um, I think because we've lived around in so many different places and we've moved from country to country together, we've, um, we're just like always together and we're like each other's family. Like Mm -hmm. now we're back in England where Dave is from, but I think because we've had such adventures together, almost, you know, and we're so used to just being there with each other all the time. Mm. Um, I think that has a big it's like plays a big part in oh it it definitely does has would you say that um experiencing different cultures has taught you more about yourself that maybe you wouldn't have kind of learned if you hadn't experienced those cultures Uh, completely 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 um absolutely (laughs) I couldn't be like um more passionate about that I um yeah because oh gosh I mean I I am so like I believe so strongly that you know that you should experience other cultures and you can get to know different people and not judge them for the way that they are you know because even when someone might even seem rude about something it's because you know they learn differently or um yeah, I mean, I, 
I think, you know, and it's not, it's, it's England, it's the United States. Like, you know, people, a lot of people make jokes about people in the United States, like not having a passport. Well, Mm -hmm. and yeah, those people, God, I wish they would get a passport and leave and experience the world. And, you know, when we were living in Spain, there's so many Spanish people who haven't left and they won't leave because they're Mm -hmm. just comfortable where they are. And that is in every single country. I think it helps also with, you know, all the, all the diversity issues that we're having in the world today. It, you know, it makes me, it's so sad. And I Mm -hmm. think it's sometimes people will respond in a way because they're just not cultured. Like they haven't, but if they were to have someone that they were looking at in a weird way, if that person was their friend and they knew their family, they wouldn't react that way. No, I I couldn't agree more, Kirsten. And I think as well, like I always, always say we immediately have assumptions about others because that's just instinctual. It's the way that our minds work. It's the human brain. We see someone and we draw um, assumptions about that person depending on the setting and the way that they look and our experiences in life. But whoever they are, if we were to sit in a room with them and just hear their story, those assumptions would go out of the window and that empathy for their story, that understanding of who they are and why they are the way they are. It's huge. The first time I lived in like a, you know, English speaking country with Dave is when we moved here seven years ago. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, I know it's not America, you know, but like, it's going to be strange to be living back in a place where everyone's speaking English again. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be comfortable. And yeah, but (laughs) It's just, I just feel sometimes, you know, over the seven years, it's like, wow, like it's still like, you know, um, the United States to here. I mean, the cultures are so different as well. And even within the United States, it's massive. Like Mm. the cultures within the United States are different. And my mom is from South America. And so, and all of like a lot of our South American family live, um, I'm from Washington, DC, and a lot of our South American family lived there. And so mm. I was raised like Latin American. Yeah. So even when I was growing up, you know, I always felt a little bit like, oh, I'm not like this fully American child because my life was so different to the, my, my typical American friends. Mm. Um, and, and then I move here and yeah, I just, cultures can be so different and it's just about kind of accepting how everybody is and, um, you know, people think, oh, cause I'm American. There's a certain way that I grew up, but you know, everything's different there. And, mm. um, and I, and I also feel like I'm a little bit more, um, direct about things as well. Um, especially cause it's not even American, but then it's also Latin American. So, um, and we're like a lot more emotional and we, you know, it's just funny when you look at, for example, my husband's family compared to my family, mm. they couldn't be more opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and it works and we, we all love each other. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's, even though I thought I was moving to a place, it's like, well, you know, it's English, it'll be fine. Um, mm. But, you know, especially when you live somewhere, those things really come up, which is why I really think like, it's so good if people just travel more and you spend yeah. time in different places, you get to know different people. Like you said, you sit down with them, you um, learn about their story. You know, um, it's, I always find it interesting. You go to a new country and maybe it's somewhere that you never really studied before. And you kind of realize that 
why things work that way is because maybe they experienced like a civil war that we didn't know about and maybe that's why they have certain you know views because Mm -hmm. you know maybe the generation just before them had a really difficult time yeah so it's passed down it is it completely yeah so um I yeah and even as a child like you know when I was really really young um just in in grade school and um what do you call it again for no primary school primary school (laughs) um because we say grade school um elementary and primary school I mean we would go to Peru and you know we would just I would see life completely different um, mm. than to how I was being raised in the United States. And I think that seeing that from a really young child's eyes is just so important. Yeah. It, um, it really gives you that kind of um, understanding of others, doesn't it? And, and being that ability to put yourself in other people's shoes as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that if I hadn't of moved to Barcelona when I was 12 and grown up pretty much, well, all of my teenage hood and young adulthood was spent in Barcelona. If I, I, I think I'd be a very different person. Um, be, you know, we're all kind of that which we have experienced and, and seen within the world and where we've lived and the people that have surrounded us. And it all kind of adds to who we are. Um, and so if we can bring in that cultural diversity, be it by traveling around the world or even just speaking to people of different cultures to our own um, within our own communities, it really does kind of open our minds up to and uh, and open our hearts up almost because we start to understand why people act a certain way, why they speak a certain way, um, why I have only recently stopped saying no at the end of my question. Oh, <laughs> I know I every time I get on the phone with my friends in Barcelona I do that and I'm like I'm doing it why am I doing it and uh, it it was so confusing to my friends um here in the UK because they'd be like I'd be like shall shall I put the light on no and they're just like okay don't (laughs) and they they would find it quite blunt um and almost quite annoyed but that's how you know that was part of my culture growing up was quite a Catalan culture and it's and it, is, it can be quite blunt it can be quite straight to the point um but there's a lot of love and there's a lot of loudness and passion a lot of passion um when Fraser moved out to Barcelona he was just like he would ask me when we'd be on the train like what what are they so angry about why are they shouting what are they yeah. arguing about and I'm just like no they're just passionate like <laughs> they're just yeah, talking about a concert they went to like, or like yeah my my mom and her sisters they are on the phone every single day of my whole entire life like just yelling and yeah. everyone's like oh my gosh they're fighting I'm like no they're not fighting they're just talking yeah you know and uh, that's it like it's just that kind of <laughs> that's just how they speak yeah um yeah exactly they're just speaking with passion and with emotion and um yeah and I, I I do miss that I love to see it I love to see people so passionate that it kind of just explodes out of them when they're passionate about something they just can't kind of keep it in and would you say that experiencing so many different cultures has changed the way in which you act towards yourself 
Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, like going back to, I feel like I've, you know, always experienced it from a child just because I, I grew up in a home, um, that was different to, you know, what maybe my friends, mm. you know, homes were like. Um, but then even as, um, an adult, well, so even taking it back to being a child and then I, uh, no, actually I remember when it was, it was, um, our first, we're going into second year of university. We mm. took a university trip to Israel and, I remember when like there, there was like loads of people, there was like 30 of us or something that came into a restaurant and it was all like, you know, arranged. And mm. so there wasn't like any asking about what food you wanted and yeah. everyone just got a plate put in front of them and everyone had a full fish body on their plate and everyone just, uh, not everyone, but loads of people just like freaked out, like, mm. Ew, you know, and it just, like things like that. And I was like, Oh, this looks amazing. And then I didn't even, then it, I remember, I mean, this was so long ago. This was in 1998. I remember that feeling in me thinking like the, the mixed feelings of, Oh my gosh, this looks so good. Oh yeah. my gosh. My friends think it's gross. And so instead of kind of going along with what they said, I just thought to myself, like, actually, I think this is really sad. Yeah. you know, and I, and I know it's so silly. It's just over like fish, but I think that just goes to show like where they've been and what's been put in front of them and the amount of effort that the people went to in the kitchen to make all this food. And to them, this is like an amazing meal. Yeah. Um, and I just think that, that moment in my life is so like, it's such this memory that just stands out in my head. And I think that was kind of like the you know, early adult type of thing, thinking, right, this is really important to me. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's so important that everyone kind of gets a little bit of different cultures. Um, mm -hmm. and then moving and living in Spain was just, I think what was good for me there is I'm from Washington, DC. That's like really politically focused. Mm. Um, it's where the White House is, you know, different to Washington State, which is on the other side of the country. So Washington, D.C. is where the White House is, where the president lives, you know, where all those things that you see, all those <laughs> views and things that you see in Forrest Gump and stuff like that. Um, oh, I love you know, Forrest Gump. Martin Luther King, you know, yeah. did his I Have a Dream speech. So it's, it's so, you know, everything is about politics there. Um, and also it's just like that type of place where everything's really fast paced, um, you know, big house, big car, big everything, you know, work really hard. And then when, after living in Barcelona for all, I was just like, I love this. You know, it felt yeah. like, it felt like my chest could breathe mm. in comparison. And I, I remember the feeling of years of flying back and forth, like going back home to visit my family and then getting back on a plane to go to Spain. I literally would have like this tightness in my chest every time I was going to like touch down in DC, of course, mixed with emotions of, you know, so excited to see my family, yeah. but there was always that kind of like, it was like that pressure that I left anyway. And that's why I left mm -hmm. and then living in Spain and having this 
really um, just seeing how even though in the city center of Barcelona, there are a lot of people that will work hard, but they also, I think, enjoy life at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I can um, remember like my doctor saying to me when I asked, I was off ill, I'd been signed off ill and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. And she was like, could you go out for a big meal and a night out? And I was like, no, I'm not that well I'm just ready to go back to work and she was like no you're not ready to go back to work if you can't go out for a meal out and a night out you can't work right that's a good way to look at it <laughs> yeah but it shows like that focus on well-being yeah, she's a doctor like yeah. like the people that we think like you know we would normally put in our head that would work really hard all the time anyway mm. But yeah, I, that, that's a perfect example of how, no matter kind of how much there are people there who work really hard as well, they also think it's so important to have their coffee breaks and yeah. to enjoy the weekends and to have most of August off. And yeah. it totally re-energizes you. And this is something huge because this is not what we've been doing here. And yeah it's taken a huge toll on us and on, on me. And especially because of the two years of, you know, not going anywhere because of COVID, but um, just in general, like I, I miss that quality of life um, yeah. massively. Um, so, you know, eventually we would, you know, we would love to move back um, mm. there, you know, or, like warm climate type of thing somewhere yeah. in Spain or um we just we miss that um mm. I'm so happy with what we've done here as well but at the same time I you know and you can't help it when it's your own business you can you completely put your all into it yeah um but I just yeah I really miss um just feeling a little bit free <laughs> yeah yeah no I totally get it when when you said the importance of coffee breaks and things I can remember when Frey first started working in Barcelona and he came home and he was just like it was like the end of his first week and he was like do you know what there's this one guy who's really annoying me in the office and I was like how is someone already annoying you like you've worked there a week and he was like because he gets into work like just on time and then he starts up his computer and he goes then he leaves to go down to the bar to have his breakfast and doesn't come yeah. back for like an hour everybody does that <laughs> and exactly and I was just like do you have like do you have any other Spanish people within like your part of the office and he was like no and I was like okay well keep your eyes peeled for other parts of your office where you do because everybody does that like that's just normal you turn up to work you leave your things you get your computer started and everything and then you go and have breakfast to start your day <laughs> yeah I know I know I love it yeah I just exactly and I think you know when you take rest as well I mean because when I first worked in Barcelona my first job there was like in this high rise like right on the Ganal, you know like yeah in the where all those big buildings are and yeah it was like all these I was like working in a cubicle with um Dave who now is my husband um mm -hmm. we met there um and two other English people and then apart from the four of us there was like all these Spanish people and just the amount of times they would just get up and like go have a cigarette or get up yeah. and go have coffee and like at the beginning yeah it was like you just get used to it and then yeah. after that then the next thing you know you're doing it you yeah. know like always over getting a coffee or going downstairs for a coffee or yeah and then I or like just even going out to lunch and yeah it's it's like 
enjoying life for, you know, the good things. And I think mm. that really helps with mental health. You know, I think oh, um, completely it. And then also, especially because like you're doing it in community as well, like people yeah. will do that together. Um, oh, like siestas, for example, like if you told someone in the UK, like if you're not feeling great or just not even if you're feeling not great, but if you're a bit tired, just have a nap yeah and it would kind of be like what I don't have time for a nap whereas like it's just such a normal part of your day in Spain like yeah you have a siesta at lunchtime if you have if you're lucky enough to have that kind of two hour gap at lunch which some people are some people aren't it's totally dependent on where you're working who you're working for but if you are then like it would it would be really strange that you wouldn't go home have your lunch and then have a siesta yeah yeah. And, but, and, the, and then, and then hearing and talking about all this, it, it does make me sad because I, I feel like I've, but you, you, you adjust to your surrounding, you know, whereas mm. that's the thing is sometimes we look back, we're like, oh my gosh, like we missed that. That is not what we have here. Yeah. Um, but then saying that, I mean, I think we have it good for, for typical English life. Um, yeah. I think we have it good. You know, we, yes, we work a lot, unfortunately, but um, we we do have an office space now and it's only a block away from our house so we can Amazing. walk back and forth we come pick up Millington we take her at lunchtime back to the office mm. um, you know we'll make you know we'll a lot of times like I'll make our lunch you know, I will make our lunch or Dave will make our lunch yeah um, it's easy and you know it's nice and relaxing in that way but um, otherwise yeah, I guess, I mean, running a business is always going to be a bit stressful. <laughs> yeah, it can be. that quality of life. I really, <laughs> really do. And I want it back and we will have it back one day. And do you think there's a way of kind of bringing in that quality of life into your life here in the UK? Yeah, well, I think for me, another huge factor is the, the weather. And mm. I, unfortunately, we didn't have the best summer. But I love the sun. I love, love, love the sun. Um, And so like, you know, the couple of days, uh, I think there was like that week, the one nice week of uh, hot weather that we had. Yeah, we had we had like five days, didn't we? Or something. (laughs) So we'll just base it on those five days. Um, We took a couple of those days like where we I think we were like, right, we're going to work from home that week. And then we for at least 20 minutes. Um, I think one time we did like half an hour, but we're like, right, we're just going to go sit outside Mm. and just like, you know, in our little tiny, well, you would, would you say just like a little, we only have like a little tiny patch in the back, you know, the terrace house. So there's like a brick wall around it. And we just like sat there and I like put my bikini on and Dave like (laughs) takes his shirt off. We're like, we're going to get some sun. Um, because we're like, you know, we don't know when the sun is coming back and, still we were working and yeah I mean it was probably bad because we pretty much work into the evening every night anyway mm-hmm. but still we like made ourselves go out and I was like if we don't do this now we're not going to have the opportunity you know so yeah. I think if someone looked at our life overall it probably doesn't look so great in the amount of work that we do um, and not only that but even if we're not working it's like all the stress that goes on in my head about mm-hmm. work um, because again it's like your own business and Um, you know, it's just, I think I just, I care so much about it and I just like, you know, want things to work or I want it to go right, or I want the customers to be happy. Um, and so that's probably, you know, the not healthy part. I think I just, you know, we, 
we make an effort to have like our morning routine, um, to like clear our heads, meditate, pray, um, do visualization and things like this, because honestly, if we don't, then I don't know where is the time that we can just kind yeah. of, you know, and it's nice to start our day that way. That's um, lovely. So we try to, you know, and sometimes we'll have like weeks where we're really good about it. And then we have a bad week, you know, so mm. we, um, and like do different types of exercising, whether we like walk and listen to podcasts or we run. Um, so, and if we ever go off track a little bit, it's like, okay, we need to get back on track. Yeah. We need to do this because we're happier and we feel better when we're doing it. So what, what would you say are your absolute non-negotiables in like your personal and professional life? I'd say one of the most important things for us is that I feel like Dave helps me stay grounded. Mm. Um, and so it's just really important for us to like be together um, all the time. And we've, and we're happy that we've reached that point that we can like work together too. Yeah. Um, that's a huge accomplishment in itself. Yeah. And it's, and it, it has like made my heart so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I needed that. Um, so that is good. Um, but yeah, we're not very good about like separating just because of the stage that we're in with business. Um, but another thing that we do um, that I was thinking of is, so we've got two girls, um, like two respite girls that we've been watching for, well, it's four years now, actually, now in September. Um, they're 12 and 13. And they mean so much to us. Like we never thought we'd have them this long and, yeah. but now it's going to turn into like a lifetime thing, you know? So they are, you know, we have so much fun with them. And so we don't have them all the time. Um, we have them, uh, for weekends. And so when they're with us, um, if we have them on a, like a long weekend or whenever it be, um, we actually took them down to Cornwall when I was saying that we went down to Cornwall. Aww. Um, when they're with us, we do not work. So it's actually really nice because like, no matter how much work we have like to do, if they're yeah. with us, we have fun with them. So whether we go to a trampoline park or we're watching a movie or anything that we do, or like I cook, you know, like I'll cook big meals, you know, for all four of us, because, mm. you know, and I love cooking that, like, it, I feel like it helps to heal my soul. And I think just yeah. doing all of that with them is so good for us. And um, recently we met like their grandmother's friend or something. And she thought, gosh, it's so nice that you guys do this. And I was like, you know, it helps us too. you know, like yeah. we all enjoy each other's company. We love being together. Oh, and that sounds amazing. Time. So, and that is the non-negotiable as in like, if they are here, work yeah. is not even talked about. And so. if someone wanted to kind of look further into doing something like that is there anywhere in particular that they could kind of um search for it or, or look into it so we um we are in touch with the social worker but we we it started as a um it was through like a charity organization called mm -hmm. safe families for children yeah um but that's how it started and then um like long story, but they're part of Trafford Council who, and that charity lost funding for all of Trafford Council. So um, we actually just have carried on um, oh. and in like, we basically communicate with uh, their grandmother who they live with and uh, 
you know, we're in touch with the, um, their social worker. So we, we have just all agreed to carry on the relationship. Um, but if, if you look up safe families for children, that is a great like organization of how to, and it, it doesn't always have to be, I mean, you can just help financially. You can also just help with like, um, parents or mothers who just kind of need count, like counseling or help you, or you can just work directly with the children. So you can, there's different ways that you can set yourself up to help them, um, in your area as well. Mm. So it's all like local. Um, it's, I think it's pretty much all over the UK, but, um, you know, obviously you would only help the people that are near you. Oh, that's incredible. I will pop um, the link to that website in the show notes for today. Thank you for sharing that, Kirsten, because I think that's just amazing. Young people, I know that um, often we can be looked at if we're helping and supporting young people as the ones who are kind of doing all of the giving. But actually, when, when you're working with or living with or just spending time with young people and children they bring so much don't they oh completely and I think parents say that a lot and then and then you know when you're younger and you're like what but then (laughs) then you're kind of in that position and yeah I mean they help you see life differently too yeah absolutely you kind of see life through their eyes don't you yeah exactly so would you say being organized and having a good planner plays a part in self-kindness? Yes. Um, only because, well, not only, but as in, I definitely, um, I think it, it helps your mental health. And because of that, I think you're nicer to yourself. Yeah. Um, but um, in our planner, for example, it's, there's so much around well-being um, mm. on the pages of the planner because I just find that so important. So, um, you know, there's lots of things in there that kind of, I think if you just kind of do your everyday life without being reminded to do some things, then you won't do them, you know, and we have reminders in there, like a monthly reminder of like acts of kindness or something new. Amazing. So that something new could be anything from, you know, taking a class if you have time for that, or, um, you know, trying out, trying out a new recipe, um, or, you know, start running if you haven't been running before, um, you know, or just kind of like join a group, whatever it is, um, you know, and an act of kindness. I mean, not that you can, you only have to do one, hopefully you're doing more than that, but it kind of helps you to reflect on like, what have I done? Cause like time can pass and you're like, okay, how can I help someone else around me? Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of that little bit of a nudge to say like, okay, do this this month. Um, and also like pray and meditate exercise and all of these things are self-kindness. Cause yeah, you know, you're doing these things for yourself. You feel better about yourself and then you're nicer to other people. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely. Like when we fill our cup up first, everyone else around us only benefits from it. Exactly. So Hello Day Planner supports four charities. Could you tell us a little bit more about them and why it's important to you to support charities? Yes. Um, Well, I know it's funny because I don't know. I guess I just, just automatically in my head, I was like, oh, that's what we do. I just didn't have any other way of like thinking that we wouldn't Mm. do that um 
So I feel like I've been asked sometimes in the way that people would think, oh, like, you know, not everyone does that. Why do you do that? And I don't know why. I just thought it will, isn't that what we need to do? You know, I think um, not only, I mean, if I was in Hello Day to become a millionaire, then it's not working very well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's not happening. Um, Or no, it could happen. Obviously anything can happen. Exactly. I'm going to be positive about it. But um, and the thing is, even if I was, um, I would use a lot of that to help others because I think, you know, we have to, we have to help people around us. Um, there's so many charities these days. And the thing is like, they need our help. Um, I actually haven't looked in about two weeks, but one of the charities that we support. So as you may have noticed, like we're huge animal lovers of, of all animals, um, <laughs> And we helped this one called uh, Help Bulgaria Street Cats and Dogs. And I haven't even been to Bulgaria, but I just, I had noticed them like several years ago. And because at at the beginning, we were um, donating to uh, Dogs Trust in the UK, which Mm -hmm. we were happy doing. And I really love everything they do. But then I just thought, well, we're a small business and I would really love it if we can help another really small um, charity that just really needs our help you know, um, and would, and that our donations would actually like really go to helping them, you know, get to where they need to be. Mm. Um, they're so small that actually they've really been struggling to even stay together. So, um, I know that they were announcing that they might have to close and I haven't checked in about two weeks. So I'd need to check on that. Um, but they were, you know, calling out to basically like ask for emergency funding and, um, you know, we sent some more, we put it on our Facebook and, but things like that, like that makes me happy that we can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, that's how they survive. If they don't have people donating, then they can't help the dogs and cats, which are in Absolutely. really bad shape in Bulgaria. So, uh, you know, I think it's only fair that we all help each other. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is Hope for Justice, uh, which we've been donating to, I think, from the very first year. Um, they, um, it's, that's about human trafficking. So they are in the United States and here in the UK. Um, but actually their like headquarters in the UK happens to be in Manchester. So we've actually, like, after we've been like donating for a couple of years, they invited us over, which was really nice. So oh. that's really good too. Cause then you can see into the charity and how everything works and yeah. the lives they've saved. And it's, you know, it, it is rewarding yeah. Um, to know that we're helping towards that. Um, oh, that's amazing. And then breast cancer now, uh, which, you know, breast cancer is just something that, I mean, I think a lot of people, I feel like almost everyone knows someone who's had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just important to me. And I've had friends um, who've had it and friends who've passed away as well. And my grandmother and my aunt. So um, me and my cousins were always like we're always paranoid about checking because yeah you know we're thinking oh that could happen to us and it's just something that affects so many people so um I just think it's important to support that and then the last one is ecology which plants trees um you know and substitute for the money that you um give back to them so yeah. and that's really good because they set up like a little page just for like your business to say these are the trees that have been planted this month these are where they are Mm. um and it just really it's just nice to get kind of like those monthly updates of um you know what they're doing so 
Oh, that's incredible. That is amazing. I will pop all of those charities in the show notes as well. So thank you for sharing those with us, Kirsten. Um, the question I'm asking all guests on this season of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast is if you could add anything to be taught in the curriculum in primary and or secondary schools, what would it be? What do you kind of wish you were taught at school? Cultural diversity. <laughs> mm. This just goes back to what we were saying. I feel like I just feel really strongly about this. Um, you know, and um, it's just such a big topic. And also, like, I don't live in the United States anymore, but obviously I see things that go on there and it just breaks my heart. Um, and it's not only there, it's, it's everywhere, you know. And, you know, like we were talking about before, it's just cultural diversity is so important because it's either going to grow love for each other or it's going to grow hate for each other and yeah. how it could just grow love if we taught people to you know accept each other and by teaching I mean experiencing you know and and meeting people and know you know getting to know them and um I, th I think it would be amazing. Like we always talk about this. I always say this to Dave, you know, sometimes like you see some kids who are just being like really mean, you know, to other kids. And I'm like, gosh, like if you could just take those kids and put them into a third world country and have them be there for like a year or like a month, even like how different would they come back? Mm. Um, so I would love that. I mean, I just would, I would love it if that was just um, more stressed yeah. um you know in in their learning and I really think it's not only not only talked about which is important but I honestly feel like in high school or even in grade school I don't know if more well, maybe high school it would be good if they can all get sent off to like you know do just like a month or two months um to just see how different people live yeah um or and how you know and how they live and how they think mm. and why they do, you know, or why they eat differently or why they have different, you know, customs or, yeah, I just really think it would change our world, honestly. And I think having those conversations um, with others about their own cultures and their, their own um, customs and traditions and things, it gives you such an insight into a person at, who they are and what they believe in and how they live their life and it really gives you a really good idea about that person but when so often we don't do that we kind of when we introduce ourselves we give our name and our job title or kind of our job role but that's about it and it it just doesn't tell you anything about the person yeah you know it doesn't tell you about the traditions and the culture and the things they believe in and the things they value and what makes them the amazing human that they are yeah and yeah I mean and if I was you know I feel like it doesn't happen a lot now but you know we're getting back into people socializing again but back before COVID times um you know being in social situations I just love talking to people and learning more yeah. about them and like where they're from and you know and not being rude about saying oh where are you from because mm. I Honestly, for me, I'm actually more attracted to talking to people who, you know, do look like that, even though they were born here, I'm like, oh, they have, maybe they have family somewhere else because 
I'm not from here, you know, even though someone might look at me and think, oh, well, she might be from here, but I'm not. And I have a background too. And that's all I want to talk to people about is like, you know, tell me more about you and, you know, how your family are. And I just love that. And, um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so nice to hear about people's stories or, um, you know, cause my whole family, we have, we have like so much history and so much to tell. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, it can, it's, it's good to hear all those things and it can help you to, you know, change your mind about the way you see things. So. Oh, yeah. it really can. It really can. Um, Kirsten, it has been an absolute joy speaking to you. And I'd like to end the podcast by asking you, how will you be kind to yourself this coming week? (laughs) Um, Well, we usually work on weekends, (laughs) but um, we are, we have said, because we have just been so busy um, and we've got our launch coming up, our like big yearly launch. So I'm just going (laughs) to plug that in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've got our launch coming up and we've been really busy. And so we are just going to have, whether it be Saturday or Sunday, we're, we are going to work one day, but the other, we're just going to enjoy it and just Amazing. relax a little bit. Um, cause we feel like we haven't had a break in a while. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like you totally deserve that break yeah. and just some time, some downtime. Yeah. Cause you're doing incredible, incredible things. Thank you. And so are you. I'm so excited about this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Kirsten. How can people find you online? So you can go to our website is uh, hellodayplanner.com. And um, the the company is Hello Day. um, But the majority of our, uh, our main product is planner. So that's why it planners. So that's why it's hello day planner, um, or on Instagram at hello day planner or on Facebook also at hello day planner. So yeah, just come take a look and also just send me a message and say hi. Oh, amazing. And I will pop all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kirsten. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And as a little reminder, because you are a soulful nourisher now, you've listened to an episode. As soulful nourishers, we know that resting is an investment in ourselves, our well-being, our energetic capacity. We know that play is not just for children, it enables souls of all ages to connect to creativity and joy. As Soulful Nourishers, we know that food is love and joy. It fuels, connects and creates. It is culture, tradition and nourishment. We know that breaks give our minds time to refocus. And we know that relaxing is the act which creates energy. It is not a waste of time. Above all, as Soulful Nourishers, we know that we are doing the best we can with the resources, time, energy, knowledge, wisdom, experience and capacity that we have to hand, always. Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter and the cats.